BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back, everybody. Tom Rose, Gary Bauer with you. The Bauer and Rose Show, the Bauer and Rose Podcast, the Bauer and Rose Universe, the Bauer and Rose Cosmos, right here on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125, the Bauer and Rose Podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can subscribe, uh, hit the subscribe button, whether it's Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, which is what I use, however you get your podcasts. Uh, we're here a couple of times a week talking about things that sometimes are pleasant, sometimes are not actually uh, pleasant. But uh, today I want to start. I missed, to- I missed the pleasant. Well, show. there you what? go. <laughs> I, I mean, where, where the- was that, Tom? Was well, that why I was it? Was it pleasant because I wasn't on with you? Is no, I just I mean, this is this is a Pollyanna Bauer, by the way, folks. Uh <laughs> And this is what I'm going to hit you with, because Uh-oh. for the first here time, yeah, here we get exactly right. Our last podcast, you were you were not only pining nostalgic, you were pining optimistic. And then something happened, which just kind of pushed me over the edge. Um, at the same time that the Democrats are working very successfully to ensure that Donald Trump spends the rest of his life in prison and the Dems and their media allies are covering up massive Biden crime family bribes and then we can't round up enough Republican votes to issue a meaningless censure against Adam Schiff. Now, remind me again, Gary, or uh, Pollyanna Bauer, why you think the tide has turned for us? Well, you just made a comment on the status or the condition of uh, the Republican Party, which is... Uh, Folks, I knew he was going to needle out of this. Go ahead. No, no, I, I'm just saying that the, the party, if only the party was as good as the 80 plus million Americans that have entrusted their political future to them. Um, after everything that's happened, the, the Republican elected officials uh, still cannot bring themselves uh, to, to fight like it's a war to the finish. I, I mean, while they're trying to put our people in jail, while uh, if they get control of the House back again and they rewin the White House, uh, they will put more uh, Republican elected officials in jail. We had 20 House Republicans out of whatever it is we've got uh, who just could not bring themselves to uh, bring the hammer down on Schiff, who who for you know, over two years, Tom lied day after day after day, lied on the floor of the house, lied on the Sunday talk shows, said the evidence was overwhelming that uh, without a question, we, the American people will be shocked, he said, once they see the evidence of how uh, Donald Trump colluded with uh, w- with Russia. Not to so put no, not to put too fine a point on this, the censure that. 10% of the Republican caucus could not bring themselves to vote for is utterly meaningless. It doesn't mean a thing, right? I mean, so yep. if we had censured him, he wouldn't have lost committee assignments, um, let alone spending the rest of his life in jail. I just think that, uh, as a friend of mine once said, uh, conservatives, Republicans don't know what time it is. We're operating in a time warp. We act like it's 1984, and not George Orwell's 1984, Ronald Reagan's 1984. And the Democrats are acting as though this is uh, 13th century medieval killer-be-killed politics. Well, I, I mean, the Democrats want to make it 1984, the book, not the reality. <laughs> you know. uh, the, uh, and the book, folks, is uh, the book about a future, futuristic uh 
dystopian existence where, let's see, what is the main thing that happens? Government monitors everything you do. Oh, geez, that sounds so familiar. Um, yeah, no, look, it's uh, this it's demoralizing. It, it also took this took place the, the same week uh, that um, uh, the former House Speaker Ryan, who was uh, let's see, was he Mitt's running mate or uh, he was Mitt Romney's running mate? Yeah, yeah, he was Mitt's running mate. And and I remember a lot of people uh, said at the time, gosh, we got the wrong guy at the top again. If only we had Ryan at the top, you know, Mitts doesn't have the Mitt doesn't have the the killer instinct mittens. They said to him about him derisively, which is true that he doesn't have the killer instinct unless it's members of his own party. Uh, but Ryan goes on, on one of the, the Sunday talk show and talk shows and of course he's asked about um the 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 controversy over the white house pride event and the uh the transgender controversy that is raging all over america and and ryan who's making probably more money now on wall street than he ever imagined uh he could he could make uh said uh well look i uh i'm not a culture warrior uh, I, you know, those issues, I think those just, just divide us. Uh, I, I'm, um, what I spend my time on is, uh, trying to get the, the national debt under control and, um, and, and, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, we, we don't end up going to war with, uh, with communist China. Those are the two big things right there. So, what Ryan just said, and and, and, Tom, and now you, we know why he's no longer Speaker of the House. Well, exactly, and and but but you know he never said it that clearly when he was Speaker of the House. He never said then to the people that without whom he would have never become Speaker of the House because there never ever would be a Republican majority in the House if it weren't for these people. And I'm not just talking about. Orthodox religious people, Christians, Jews, and increasingly Muslims that care about these things. Uh, I'm just talking about normal people, you know, sort of run of the mill, maybe not religious at all. I mean, Spike Bauer, you know, ended up being baptized with me, but he was, uh, you know, he he was he, he didn't have a whole lot of Bible verses he quoted, and and unless you know his curiosity about whether there was anything in the turning of of uh, water into wine that met him, might have all right been- all right don't don't besmirch the deceased come on yeah, yeah. so at any rate um yeah i so that was so, kind of funny though yeah thank you so <laughs> to, to i mean if you listen if you take what paul ryan said and take it to its obvious conclusion what what he's saying is as long as the budget is balanced and the, and we go you know go light on the debt it really won't matter and he certainly doesn't want to be part of an argument about whether 8 and 9 year olds should be introduced to the intricacies of adult heterosexual and homosexual sex i i, I mean tom this is this is i you know i've told you this story before let me tell it really quickly again a number of years ago when he was still speaker, there was an event on Capitol Hill with about 150 um, fairly well-off people that donate to the party. But they happened to be Christians, and they cared about these issues. And Paul Ryan spoke, and uh, he opened it up for questions, and I raised my hand. Uh, and I think I was about the third person he called on. And, and he said, uh, yeah, Gary? And I said, uh, Mr. Speaker, I said, I'm just curious. I said, you, you know, we, we, you and Republican leaders are constantly being called by the Democrats, Nazis, fascists, bigots. Your voters are being called that. And, and you guys never step up and defend us. And not only that, I remember when we used to run elections and say, uh, this guy's a San Francisco Democrat. And everybody knew what that meant. It meant that this guy was going to be pushing gay rights and all the other wackiness of, of San Francisco. I said, 
well, why don't we, you know, why don't we talk about the Democrats like that anymore? They're, they're constantly calling us these names. and We don't even do the basics. Do you have polling data or something that you want to share with us? Because I mean, if you've got evidence that we should not do that, I'd be interested in, in this, you know, in seeing it. And I stopped and he looked at me for what seemed a long time. I think it was just probably five or six seconds but it was it was an unusual pause, and he just looked at me, and then he turned away and he goes, uh, "Is there a question over there?" And so the people at my table looked at me, and the one woman slinked come for me. She said, "Gary, did he just completely, you know, just ignore really you? Just, ignore you? Yeah, ignore you? I mean, just I said, yep, yep, that's pretty much what he did." And she goes, "That's." That's incredible. So there it was, Tom. I mean, in this, you, you remember when when Barack Obama t- turned uh, Paul Ryan into his B. Um, he invites Paul Ryan to an event that Barack Obama was going to speak at and made sure that he had a seat right up front. And and Paul Ryan, of course, was, oh, oh wow, the yeah, see, this shows how we can get along in Washington. You know, he's invited me to hear him speak. At the, 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 and then Obama proceeds to use him as a prop. He he calls him. I see Paul Ryan sitting up there. He's part of the party that's doing this, 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 and this, you know. And he humiliates him in this room of people. So I, I it's just... Uh, yeah, and it's not like Paul Ryan's an exception. This we see this over and over and over again. We saw it with with Senator McCain. We we saw it with uh, uh, Speaker Kasich, who no, not that was it. Yeah, he was the, he was the speaker for a while, right? Uh, the former John Kasich went on. Yeah, was he the speaker? Governor. Yeah, I think so. Didn't he? No, I don't think he was speaker. I mean, he sat in for O'Reilly. That was his big claim to fame as a uh, right. No, he was chairman of the House Budget Committee. Yeah, who who was the Ohio? Danny Hastert from from uh, Illinois. Are you, are you thinking? Yeah, of I thought there was another Ohio speaker that was a, formerly a bartender. Oh, uh, uh, that would be John Boehner. Yeah, Boehner. I'm sorry, I get my, my he's Ryan from your he's from Cincy, he's from your town. Uh, yeah, so Boehner, you know, uh, uh, he he was totally unreliable and as soon as he left uh the the house of representatives he became a chief lobbyist for the legalization of marijuana (laughs) my gosh why didn't you mention to us when you were speaker how much you cared about that issue tom we constantly go into battle with half of our army or significant portions of our army uh rooting for and essentially working for the opposing army or no certainly, or certainly. I mean, does anyone, after you know, after all of this um, selective law enforcement, uh, does anyone really believe that if Ron DeSantis were the nominee and he won, that the FBI wouldn't um, impeach, uh, uh, frame him, or the Democrats wouldn't uh, seek to impeach him? There's never been, there has not been a Republican president since Ronald Reagan that Democrats have not brought impeachment proceedings against. We forget that because of Trump, but they brought uh, impeachment proceedings against uh, George H.W. Bush, I'm sorry, George W. Bush, uh, against Trump, obviously, against H.W. Bush. This has been going on for, for 40 years. They've contested elections. They've disputed elections. They tried to disqualify electors from Ohio in 2004 that George W. Bush won. I mean, when the law starts becoming uh, used as, um, starts being enforced selectively, it, it isn't the law anymore. It's a tool. It's a hammer. It's a cudgel. I mean, Hunter has been under federal investigation for five years, Gary, five years, mounting evidence by the hour, money laundering, yeah. bribery, really? extortion, <laughs> right, a drug use, prostitution, you name it, that scumbag has done it. Does anybody really believe that Joe Biden's Justice Department will ever charge him with anything remotely serious? 
I mean, Joe, the big guy, Mr. 10%, kept classified documents in his garage of his family home in Delaware, kept classified documents in, a, uh, in, a, in an office in Philadelphia at the University of Pennsylvania and in an office somewhere in D.C. for 40 years. We don't know what the documents contain. We don't know what's in them uh, or what they were doing there. Hillary Clinton was never charged with using a private server to send and receive top secret classified emails. She was spared only because the director of the FBI hated Donald Trump more than he sought to pursue the law. And, of course, the FBI doesn't charge, doesn't indict. The FBI investigates, hands over the results of their investigation to the appropriate law enforcement agency. But here, James Comey, in an act to save the country, quote-unquote, makes those decisions so the prosecution, the FBI, the uh, uh, U.S. attorney, the Justice Department, they don't have to. I, I You know, and then we have... I, I just um, uh, can't get my arms around why something as meaningless as this censure motion against really the father of Trump disinformation, Adam Schiff. What do these Republicans think they've accomplished? What Do they think they've won goodwill or grace from Adam Schiff and the political zealots on the left of the Democrat Party? Um, this is this goes far beyond Donald Trump. This is an attempt to not an attempt. It's very successful to criminalize any opposition, any dissent. They want Donald Trump to die in prison. And they're, they've gone a long way toward achieving that objective. Yep. And I think it, the jury's out. <laughs> not the, not the, you know, not just symbolically. You know, I mean, look, folks, be ready for that. Be ready for that. If you think America's on the cusp of something terrible now, watch what happens if Donald Trump is sentenced to prison and ends up, if we don't elect a Republican president in 2024, literally dying in prison. You know, Tom, and the fact that over a documents case, a documents case. And the fact that this happened the week that he's arraigned, that, you know, that he's arraigned in Florida, that that 20 House Republicans cannot bring themselves to symbolically slap Adam Schiff on the wrist. That's what it is. Over his years of of lying. You know, Tom, I was I was struck again today. Uh, You know, Trump often says this and, and we say it, too. You know, it's it's not just that there's this double standard when it comes to officials, elected officials, political personalities that represent us, represent at least half the country, that this double standard, a legal standard is being used. But it's the people themselves, right? It's the people that elected Donald Trump, the people that elects conservatives and populists. They are subjected to this same double standard. So uh, the, in the same week that Trump is arraigned, um, the, the prosecutor in New York City that is known for letting criminals walk the street uh, got a grand jury to indict a former Marine who had the audacity to try to defend the defenseless on a subway car from a criminally insane man. And if he is found guilty, as he may very well be, he's facing 15 years in prison. Whether he's found guilty or not, the prosecutor in New York just guaranteed that other men in New York City will not come to the defense of the defenseless. Because this guy's life now is going to be hell. Uh, You know, he's raised a couple of million dollars from generous Americans, he will have to spend more than a couple million dollars uh, to get out of this. And even if he does get out of it, um, his life has probably been changed forever. There'll be jobs that he can't get, et cetera, et cetera. What do they do to parents that go to a school board meeting and complain about how their children are being mistaught in the schools. They, the FBI cooperates in labeling those parents domestic terrorists. 
and an 800 uh, number is is set up to uh, report on them. So in in every level of resistance to the left, from a president that seriously resisted the left, unlike a lot of Republican presidents have done, uh, to uh, parents, to the average Joe on a subway car, the left wants us all crushed and put in jail, whatever they have to do. It's a war for them. We're still, you know, we, we still have a, a good segment of our movement that is doing what Fox is doing right now. Fox has a whole special section of their evening news broadcast. Yeah. Uh, I think they'd like to do it every day. Uh, certainly they would love to do it every week, but they're only able to do it every couple of weeks where they take a Republican in the Congress and a Democrat in the Congress, and they bring them both on at the same time because they're working together. On meaningless to show stuff, that on, how to name support. highways or right. how it's just right. meaningless stuff that's not central to, you know, we've talked a lot on this show about, about narrative and I, I mean, you're obviously Pollyanna Bauer. There's no limit to your uh, goodwill and willingness to give everyone the benefit of the doubt and always look on the bright side of life. Here, I mean, this is uh, audio, uh, audio, but um, do you see what I'm showing you there? I am showing uh, which you. Which part? Uh, well, I am showing you uh, the New York Times. a copy of the New York Times. The lead story today, this is Thursday. <clears throat> I mean, not today, but it, the, lead, the lead story of Thursday's paper. Judge's record in Trump case raises concern. Okay, mm. now we, mm. we talk a lot about narrative. Just for some context, this is a Trump-appointed judge. The New York Times is very upset that a Trump-appointed judge will preside over at least the initial stages of this criminal trial that was pursued by a Democrat president a Democrat Department of Justice. And when Joe Biden and the White House say they had nothing to do with this, they're flat out liars. They've been involved since day one on this. It's given to uh, Democrat prosecutors, a Democrat. With the long history, the prosecutor, with the long history of politically cutting the knees out from underneath Republican rising stars. (laughs) Democrat juries, uh, forum shopping, venue shopping in Washington, D.C., 96 percent of whom voted for Hillary Clinton and voted for Joe Biden. The point is, none of this, none of this is even mentioned In that universe, none of this exists. The New York Times, as of this moment, has not devoted one syllable to any of the uh, charges of the FBI credible source about Biden bribery, about about Biden family corruption. There were, according to uh, the Media Research Center, our friend Brent Bozell over there, over 300 minutes on a cable and network news broadcasts, the two days following the indictment, 300 combined minutes about the indictment, not one second, not one second on the FD 1023 that Senator Grassley uh, has exposed to the American people. Now, as Grassley says, as I say, look, maybe they're completely, totally innocent. Maybe this is a... Uh, uh, Maybe these are inaccurate accusations, but they don't even report them and they don't report them, which means there's no pressure to investigate. They get a phony FISA warrant, FISA application that's submitted four different times. They lie to a FISA court to provide a, a, a rigged dossier, a fake dossier about Russia collusion, far less credible than a 1023. And the FBI goes hammer and tong on it. And here they bury it. The FBI director, Chris Ray denied it existed for several weeks until Chuck Grassley finally had to uh, explain to him, uh, don't tell me it doesn't exist. I've read it. So here we have the entire deep state or shadow government, whatever you want to call it, uh, working to suppress the equal application of the law. And it is devastating. It's devastating not only to the credibility of the country externally, but to the faith and trust that the American people have, not just in our institutions, but in each other. Yeah, no, I uh, well said, Tom. And, and I, I obviously agree with that. Uh, you, We joke around with each other a lot, and nobody's going to mistake me for an optimist. Uh, <laughs> what, what I'm... Uh, 
the point I'm making, and and it's right on with the point that you just made. I I, I see, in spite of everything, uh, a, a quickening out in America, uh, in unlikely places. Uh, I just saw a story this morning that um, uh, some city in, uh, in in Michigan, which is being remade demographically, uh, has an all-Muslim uh, city council. And the city council voted unanimously that uh, no flag would be flown uh, on city property at any time other than the flag of the United States of America. And, and they specifically had the vote because they were under pressure to uh, fly the LGBTQ flag. And the city council and many of the people in this little city um, who testified, um, including a guy from Yemen, uh, said, look, I was brought here as a child. And I, this is this kind of turned my stomach, Tom. He said, I was brought here as a child. So I grew up here and I came to hate America. I thought it was bigoted and and hateful and, and discriminatory because that's what I was taught in school. Not in, taught in, in America, school, not Yemen. Yemen. Right. OK. Yeah. Yeah, in America. He said, then I got to be an adult and I, I, you know, my, my relatives told me I had relatives in Yemen. I, I've never really met. So he said, I went to Yemen to meet these relatives and I was shocked at how people in the country of my birth lived, how little liberty they had. I was miraculously converted in Yemen to love the fact that I was living in America. So I'm back in America, and I want to say that the, I have this liberty, and we all in this community have this liberty, because men in years before us fought and died under the United States flag, not under the LGBTQ flag. So, Tom, there's something stirring out there. If Republicans can just get a brain, they could greatly expand their majority, but to my the the point I started out with, this is simmering. I believe it's growing, and if it continues to see, if all these things and all these people out there continue to see that in the political system there is no justice, they will be blocked in every way. The people they elect will be jailed. Their speech will be curtailed. There's going to be an explosion. And you don't have to think this has got anything to do with extremism or, you know, I kind of mocked um, um, uh, Steve Forbes when he was asked in a debate I was in, a presidential debate, uh, when we were all asked who had the greatest influence in our lives and forming our views. And uh, and uh, I believe Steve Forbes said Locke or Milton Friedman and, or something. Yeah. And uh and I could just imagine, you know, some farmer turning to his wife in the audience and saying, is that the guy five miles down the road? that has got 120 acres that he, buried? you know, he, he plants corn on. Was it his last name's Locke, isn't it? I didn't even know Forbes. He knew Forbes, you know. But John, I believe it was John Locke who said that after everything else fails, when men desire liberty, they have a right to appeal to heaven. And I, and what it really meant was that is where the rights come from. And men denied rights can appeal to a higher law and take what actions are necessary. That's right. Whenever the body of the people or any single man is deprived of their right, they have a liberty to appeal to heaven, which means if there's no law, They're going to take it into their own hands. That's why politics is, if we don't have a fair system, that means uh, people are disenfranchised. And what politics enables us to do, it's to settle our differences civilly. And when you take that away, the the only way to settle those differences is through force. I'm a, um, I'm a broken record, but I want to get back to the point I was just making, which you, um, Either I didn't make it well or you uh, didn't think it was very well said, but um, <clears throat> about about narratives, the, yeah. the media is 
still totally able to control um, the yeah, narrative, a, right? Despite problem. Oh, it's a it, uh, it's a it's a monumental problem. They don't yep. even acknowledge it. It doesn't matter that their ratings are collapsing, that they're losing billions, that they don't have credibility with half the country. Not simply because they create and impose establishment opinion, but because the media outlets that try to fight them don't have a fraction of the resources. Now, Elon Musk bought Twitter, but that's not a news site, so to speak. That's a free speech site. And the left, by the way, doesn't win. The left never wins because its positions are more popular. It doesn't have to wait until its positions are more popular. The media is everything. They win because they're able to shape, they're able to create and control the narrative. And the narrative is controlled by the media, which in turn is controlled by the left, which is why we got to continue not just to use great outlets like justthenews.com or uh, the Patriot on SiriusXM or any of the great websites, but we've got we've to fight back and we've got to make sure that we can rise above their censorship, their silencing. None of the networks even acknowledge our existence. And people think the network news is dead. It's still massively outrates any cable news show a lot of a lot of americans will watch uh, one of the three evening newscasts uh produced by the by the big broadcast networks uh no you're you're absolutely right tom it's it's incredibly frustrating uh you, you know uh during a good bit of our married life i don't mean you and me uh even <laughs> although that's, that's proper now. that's possible now right yeah that's right and and if it and if it was true we would be <laughs> proud about it let me just tell you that uh, we could take our uh, shirts off at the white house right oh my gosh now we're really i this whole this whole show could be could be spiked uh um that carol and i would would watch the news during dinner and we we can't do it anymore. It's not good for our health. <laughs> uh, we we certainly can't watch any of the mainstream outlets. But we're at the point where we we barely uh, and and quite frankly, I I won't watch Fox during the news hour because it's even more outrageous that that's that network which would not exist without people like us is busy every night in the evening news. Uh, undermining our political heroes and desperately trying to get the Republican Party back to its tradition of being a worthless party, of not being the party of Lincoln, who flew into the face of the consensus of his age about the nature of man and where liberty came from, not the party of Reagan, who was despised by the party establishment and overcame it, not the party of Trump that did more in four years uh, in the Trump-Pence administration to uh, save our country through court appointments, through all sorts of things he did, reassert our uh, our legitimacy and our credibility on the world stage. But the party, they want to reestablish the party of the Paul Ryans and the Mitt Romneys and, and all the rest of it, a party that if it reasserts itself will be condemned to presiding over the final years of the final transformation of America that I don't believe we will ever, short of a revolution, be able to recover from. You're listening to the Bauer and Rose Show right here on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125, and the Bauer and Rose Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back, everybody. Tom Rose, Gary Bauer with you, the Bauer and Rose Show. Uh, Joe Biden, of course, uh, earlier this week, uh, says that the uh, the uh, shirtless uh, transgender people uh, at the White House were the most courageous people he's ever met. 
Um, has he ever been to Walter Reed Hospital uh, in Washington where our wounded uh, hero warriors are treated or a military cemetery, Arlington National Cemetery? Quote, this is a quote. These are our kids. These are our neighbors, not someone else's kids. They're all our kids. It matters a great deal how we treat everyone in this country, especially LGBTQI plus children. Now, yeah, yeah, Tom, hold on. We, we, sorry, the village means Washington, D.C. And the fact that Washington, D.C. is the village means that you are the child. Uh, it, it's just, uh, it's, it's yeah, incredible. Go ahead. This is the reason there's a Bauer and Rose show, or I know what you secretly think, the Rose and Bauer show. Uh, this is exactly what you just said is what when I called into the office this morning, I asked uh, my crack staff to write my uh, radio commentary about today. Uh, this this statement that, that you just quoted, um, these are our kids, not somebody else's kids. They're all our kids. And he's not referring, Tom, to uh, the age in America, w- which I grew up in and you did too, uh, where uh, you not only had to escape the prying eyes of your parents in order to do something you shouldn't do, you had to escape the prying eyes of your of your neighbors, who would step in, right? I mean, there was a time in America where all adults were on the same page. And in that sense, we were, you know, everybody's kids because everybody felt that they were together in the, in the process, in this project of, of creating good citizens. When he says it, we have to look at it in the context of the policies he and his party are pursuing policies that says we're going to take your 13 year old daughter to get an abortion without your knowledge or permission because she's our daughter. We're going to tell your kid uh, that if he can change his gender. We're going to tell him that in the, when he's 10 and 11 years old. And you you will not be informed that uh, us and our teacher unions are going to help transgender your child. We will do it without your knowledge. And, 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 and by the way, if you go to a school board meeting uh, under the impression that you have a right to do that, because you don't like your kids being uh, taught the intricacies of adult sex or a twisted history of America, we'll label you a terrorist because they're our kids, not your kids. So when he says that, Tom, it, it's a reflection of what they're doing on public policy. And it's devastating and it's dangerous. And every freaking parent in America should be on the war path. The state's duty used to be to protect kids from abuse or violence or threats or intimidation. Today, what Joe Biden says and what the American government is pursuing is the reverse, that the state's duty is to somehow protect the right or the ability, because it's not a right, of doctors, of uh, uh, trans activists to mutilate confused little kids. There's no nobility in that. There's no decency in that. There's nothing uplifting about allowing doctors to mutilate your child. The state's duty should be, used to be, must return to be, protecting your child Uh, it's just and the white house david harsani's got a great piece in the federalist the white house hangs the pride flag of course higher than the american flags um and all but endorses this insanity and then demands and this is the worst part that you do too anyone who thinks or thought that the lgbtq crusade was about expanding tolerance of these people. All they have to do is look at that event uh, This earlier in the week. I can't remember when it was, Sunday or Monday or something like that, where uh, these people are ripping their shirts off. They're exposing their breasts. Uh, they're in your face. 
this is not a tolerance campaign. This is an intolerance campaign and a demand that you not simply accept this perversion and perversity, but that you celebrate it a month. Can you imagine if we had a Veterans Month, if we had an American Heroes Month that celebrated our, our, our hero warriors that celebrated our vets that celebrated people who actually serve this country in their communities. No, we have a month celebrating sexual perversion. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, I mean, I know we've, we've, you know, we've addressed this a couple of times, but it, uh, I, I'm sorry, Paul Ryan, this is really important. Uh, it won't matter what our marginal tax rate is or whether our budget is balanced, although I'd like lower marginal tax rates and a balanced budget. But it won't matter if the America that used to be known around the world as the country that brought with it the idea of representative government ordered liberty under God, not just the freedom, not different strokes for different strokes, but ordered liberty under God, we are quickly becoming known as the country that tries to export what was going on at the White House to other countries, the nation that tries to export abortion on demand to other countries around the world. Uh, so this is serious stuff. Um, Tom, you're, you're absolutely right. That, that movement uh, made great advancements in America by making a libertarian argument. Uh, that their argument was, uh, you get your nose out of our bedrooms. We don't ask what you do in your bedroom, America. Let us do what we want to do in our bedroom. It's our business. Our love is our love. Well, now that movement that wanted us out of uh, our bedrooms is in our living room, is in our kids' classrooms, is in our place of business, has hung its flag in dominance at the White House, it will not get out of our face. And I think the only good thing about it is what I've referred to a couple of times in our last two get-togethers, Tom, is that there's a backlash. Now, I don't know how strong it's going to be, but I think it's growing. And it's growing among people that don't think of themselves as Republicans. If the Republicans had a brain, they would look at that and go, wow, here's an opportunity. But they're so worried about uh, upsetting the Republican donor base that's all in with a lot of this stuff that they don't understand. There's a whole group of voters now that we could get. If we would stop talking to them about cutting Social Security and why taxes on billionaires shouldn't go up. <laughs> uh, so it, it remains to see be, be seen whether the stupid party uh, is going to get a brain in time. Uh, Tom, I, uh, uh, I don't uh, you 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 perform a wonderful service on this show. I'm sure our audience has noticed that you bring up the subjects and then let the, me just, you know, mouth off about them. I want to bring up something before we run out of time today. It, it was reported uh, this week that a one of the U.S. intelligence agencies uh, believes they have nailed down who patient zero is of the COVID pandemic. And it's not one individual, it's three individuals, and they have their names. And now what patient zero means, folks, is who were the first provable people that came down with what came to be known as the COVID uh, disease and the beginning of the COVID pandemic. I, I, I have their names. I'm not going to try to pronounce them. Uh, these three individuals are all uh, Chinese, not Chinese-Americans. They're three people that were working at the Wuhan lab. And they were working specifically on gain-of-function research on how to make SARS viruses more deadly. They were the three first patient zeros. Now, Tom, I bring it up. Because when the Trump administration referred to COVID as the Chinese communist virus, when multiple commentators referred to it as the Wuhan virus, 
uh, or suggested that it was a virus that came out of that lab. They were censored. They were called bigots. Uh, Conspiracy theorists. Dr. Fauci spent major amounts of his time knocking down the idea that the virus came out of the Wuhan lab. And now we have a U.S. intelligence agency that not only believes that, but has, they think, the names of the first three people that came down with the disease. Now, if you missed that, folks, there's a simple reason you missed it. Because this story over the past several days has occupied British media, but it hasn't gained a single foothold in American media. What Gary just told you was originally reported by that known right-wing rag, The Guardian, which is, <laughs> which is like the most left-wing <laughs> newspaper uh, in the English language. And uh, Daily Mail followed up, The Times of London followed up. We, it's funny you, you, you bring this up because it is, there's no, people say that it, it's, it's part of the uh, PLA's weapons lab. Well, the fact is everything in China is part of the PLA weapons lab because there's no, the new national security law that they passed that we uh, worked a year and a half to try to, to mitigate on our end in the White House in 2017, their new national security law uh, compels every Chinese citizen to cooperate with the People's Liberation Army, the Chinese Communist Army, and the, and the, and the uh, Communist Party. So if there is uh, uh, biological research funded by you and me, by the way, because thanks to Anthony Fauci's good friends at Echo Health Alliance, Fauci was able to uh, siphon a bunch of money from NIH funds to give to the Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology, despite President Obama's 2014 executive order uh, banning uh, gain-of-function research. Fauci knew better. Fauci, you know, Fauci was, uh, Fauci was uh, Lord and Emperor and said, you know what, uh, Barack, that's very nice, but I'm going to find a way to fund that lab anyway. They, uh, these, these reports are devastating. It's, there's nothing new in this to you. There's nothing new in this to me. Of course, it had to come from that lab. Of course, we know it did come from that lab. And whether it was civilian research or military research, it doesn't really matter because the military has access by law to everything. So if the military found that this research was going on and thought there might be a way to benefit from it, then bingo, they show up and they're in the lab. We had a bit of a technical issue there. Gary uh, is uh, technically challenged. Actually, I've got to confess, I think it was on my end, but um, I have the attention of a house fly uh what were we talking about uh the i i think it was a you know we were talking about wuhan and the fact right. that the british press is reporting this and and not i was i, I think i was jumping in to say you, you know you know fauci went all over the place on tv did interviews and said there's just no reason to think that this was anything but a naturally occurring virus uh, I mean, I, I don't understand why people are fixated on this. There's no evidence. He just kept saying it over and over again. And then, you know, later a transcript uh, was obtained of a conference call that Fauci and Collins, uh, along Collins, with a group of, of other NIH, scientists right? were on, and they were talking about, oh, we've got to stop this narrative that's beginning to get traction, that this came out of the Wuhan lab. And Collins said, yet, yeah, no, I agree completely. You, you know, we this will really damage our ability to work with China and the prospects for international peace and cooperation if this narrative keeps gaining traction that the virus came out of the lab. Now, notice, Tom, there wasn't any concern about whether it actually came out of the lab. The concern was that whether it did or not, we've got to stop this narrative because it will stop all the great work we do with the Wuhan lab. It's China has killed about a million, what, 1.2, 1.3 million Americans. That's uh, more than the number that have died in all of our wars combined in this century, in the last century, shall I say, in this one as well. There have been absolutely zero consequences imposed by us on China. We have the Secretary of State begging to be invited back to Beijing. We have the Chinese Minister of Defense refusing to speak to our Defense Secretary at a conference last week in Singapore. So 
why shouldn't they feel like they're going to conquer the world? I mean, they don't need yeah, to fi- they don't need to fire a shot. Just like the Democrats, Tom, the more we give in to them, the more aggressive they That's get. Exactly you know, right. I mean, yep. it's uh, yeah. Now, I I heard uh, one of the Republican senators, I think it was one of them from Tennessee, say the other day that uh, and I, I, I was listening with one ear, so I could have uh, the facts out about wrong about whether this this report came out or not. But he seemed to be saying that the FBI put together a report, among other U.S. agencies, on what uh, damage was caused by the Chinese balloon flying over our sensitive facilities. And that when the word got back to China that the FBI had this report and was getting ready to release it, that China told the White House, if that report is released, we're calling off the upcoming talks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, there's another example, right? So now that this thing has been reported about the Wuhan lab uh, in the British press, I, I wonder if this U.S. agency, uh, security aid, National Security Agency, will release the report. Why the should they? There's no pressure here. Back to the narrative issue. There's no pressure yep. on America. I mean, why should they? Why do they have to pay any attention to us? They control everything. They run everything. They don't win debates. They impose their will upon us, and I have to impose my iron will. We're out of time. Wow. Again. It just... No matter what we do, we keep running out of time. You know, we do have we, we do have a Bauer and Rose email. Uh, Rose has not yet been able to figure out how to open that account, but we do have an account. It is called BauerAndRoseRadio.com. Uh, one of these months, someone here at uh, World Headquarters of Bauer and Rose Radio will figure it out. Uh, but um, it- well, I was able to open it last night on my VCR. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I, you almost had me there for a second. Yeah, I thought you, I almost <laughs> had you. <laughs> I mean, if I can't figure out how to open it, there's no way, Bauer. Well, we are out of time. Have a great weekend, everybody. Have a great week. God bless and protect you, your family, and this, the greatest country on God's green earth. Never give up. <laughs>